Hey friends, welcome to the Stitch Strong podcast with your hosts, Candice and Kerry, the podcast where we dive deep into the threads of generational trauma, mental health, healing, and relationships. Tune in for authentic conversations, expert guests, and practical tools for personal growth. Let's stitch ourselves stronger one episode at a time. Welcome to the first ever episode of the Stitched Strong podcast, where you Mm -hmm. have two co-hosts, Carrie and Candice here, and we're excited to share with the world our own journeys of healing and hope to share with you all ways that you can tap into your own story, explore what wounds might still be there, what wisdom you've learned from them how you can transform your trauma and, and create a space where we all can be in community together and know that we're not alone in this. So today we're going to dive into a little bit about Candace and I, and the really cool and interesting way that we met, um, which is, is pretty special. Candace, why don't you share our, our meet cute? Okay. I will. So if you can't hear already, I have a British accent, which is very different to Kerry, but I'm going to stop you right there before we go further, because you're pronouncing my name as American and my name is is Sorry. It's not Candice, it's Candice. So just to be clear, um, and you know who your co-host is, it's me. Um, so I'm Candice, not Candice. Um, yeah. And so the way that Kerry and I met is through the incredible world of social media, like how insane, um, like a few years ago, and I literally remember this day so clearly, this is why I know it was meant to happen. I have never been a big social media fan, big, uh, you know, big person on there, although now I am. Um, and I was scrolling through it and I, um, I happened to just, I think see an explore page. I don't even know how it came about, but I just happened to see a post from Kerry who was sharing about her story very vulnerably and I don't know it it like it inspired me because I was at a place in my life where I knew that I had to share my story but I was really scared to do so and so I saw your story and it inspired me and I just followed you straight away and then you followed me straight back and and that was it it was like it's been a few years now and here we are how funny Years have passed now and we were social media friends and we would sometimes go back and forth on social media. At one point we did a zoom and and I got to learn a little bit more about your coaching business. And then I remember I was coming to London and I reached out to you and, and I, at first I was like, Hey, I'm coming to London. Can I stay with you? (laughs) We're like, yeah, no hesitation. Yes, of course you can. And we met for the first time in person, not too many months ago. It was just like probably four months ago. Yeah. Four months. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't very long, um, which was amazing. And instantly it was just like a connection. It was like with the same person. It's like so easy. And so here we are right now. And it's all kind of aligning and kind of making sense as to why we were kind of directed this way. Yeah. And I, re- I remember we were joking 
because when, when we sat down in person for the first time and there's just so many similarities and our stories and our paths and can Candice and I were joking that we were living these parallel lives. <laughs> Mm-hmm. One of us in in the United States, one of us in London, one of us brunette, one of us blonde, but very similar um, stories and our our pain and our healing. And both of us have been working in the fields of of trauma and helping people to understand their own trauma and, and really to hopefully be set free from that. Um, so it definitely feels like this was all destined. And yeah, I I think it might be helpful to share a little bit about those parallel journeys and a little bit more about us. Um, So would you, would you want to dive into your story and give us a little bit more behind the curtain of of who you are, Candice? Yes, absolutely. So also just to clarify, when we're saying about trauma in particular, we're talking more around childhood trauma. Um, Mm -hmm. Not that we don't understand trauma that comes from that as well as adults but realistically a lot of it comes from childhood and that is where we have our 10,000 hours in so yay us <laughs> hence why we're talking about I didn't it. want that I didn't want that degree I didn't want that badge but we have it no, so don't push it away it's a it's it's made us who we are today and where we are right now so I'm thankful for it regardless Absolutely. um So I grew up in London in the UK and I'm an only child and you know I experienced like 10 out of 10 on the trauma scale like there's a trauma scale of childhood trauma and it's called an ACEs test and it's out of 10 and mine is 10 Um, and that looked like you know my mom was very young when she had me and my dad left 10 days before my third birthday I've literally never seen this man since and then my mom very much uh began to become an alcoholic she was really alcoholic and and um very abusive with it as well and you know got into very um very abusive relationships with with another alcoholic and and it was just a lot of domestic violence it was a lot of neglect for a child it was very much me growing up very quickly, just, you know, trying to save these people from themselves whilst trying to apparently be a child, which I was very much not. Um, and that just went on like the whole of my childhood. It was, we were very, we were poor and there was just so much like all forms of abuse that you can imagine and all forms of like um, neglect that was going on there and just really wasn't able to be a child. It was a lot, a lot, a lot of trauma. Um, so yeah, so that is that is it in a nutshell. Is there, is there anything else that you think I missed or that you'd want to hear more of? Yeah. How did you get to the point in your life where you are now, where you're now helping other people, where a lot of people who have a score of 10 out of 10, their lives look a little different right now. Um, and they're, they're probably, you know, a lot of people don't want to then speak about those hard things, which is understandable, but for you, where did the transformation come and, and how has that led you to the work you're doing now? Yeah. So you're right. And I'm, I I guess I was always very aware that there must've been something in me. Like I can remember being very young, 
being in this uh, environment that was incredibly toxic and everything you could ever imagine and definitely not a place for a child and I can literally remember standing there thinking this is not going to be my life like I just know it I had this knowing and I think you know sometimes what happens is we either go one way that we're shown or we literally do the opposite so I had this fire in my belly to be the absolute opposite my whole life and I guess that was my driving force and I think that's probably where a lot of people successful people that's that overachieving in there where they're running away from pain and so I was running away from pain um and you know I also understood that although for, for a long time I hid away from it I didn't you know, I tried to do the normal thing of like not talking about my trauma, not acknowledging how amazing it is that I survived that trauma and I was able to blend in and be normal and nobody even had any clue that I had experienced any of that and I had no family and all of these things. I did that for a really long time, but I knew that wasn't my purpose in this world. I had this deep knowing that I was meant to, I'd, I'd done that for a reason and I was meant to use it for a reason. And if I died not doing that, then actually, all those gifts as much as they were painful gifts to have um or painful painful to get those gifts I knew that they were there for a reason and I was meant to use them to, to help other people so eventually I surrendered and was like okay let me just be who I'm supposed to be and that was scary you know I, it was scary the idea of taking this mask off and feeling very vulnerable about I think I had a lot of things around you know now I'm I, I thought maybe people would see me as a victim or see me as weak and take advantage and all of those things, which were just very much my childhood beliefs playing out. And I was, you know, feared rejection and all of these things. There was so much that was going on to get to the place I am now where I'm able to fully, you know, I've created a huge coaching business and a presence online that is literally dedicated to helping people to create healthier relationships within themselves and with others around you know re reprogramming their trauma that you they experience which is all come from childhood trauma um and I'm very proud that I've been able to do that and be here now and kind of take the mask off and be able to like use my experiences to to help them and and actually one thing I would say even though yes I scored 10 out of 10 and the trauma and abuse was a lot Actually, I feel like my superpower with my clients and with people is the fact that I have experienced so much that I have the ability to really understand and feel how they felt because I experienced it all pretty much. So it's like I, I have that ability, which I think is my superpower. Absolutely. Absolutely. The ability to also sit with someone in their pain and not look away is a superpower that when you've experienced trauma, you feel more comfortable in the darkness. Whereas a lot of people, they can't sit with others in their trauma. It's too heavy. It's too overwhelming. It's why people look away from the, the homeless person on the street. It's why people can't, uh, they get overwhelmed with trauma in the news and all of those things. But when you've been through the pain, then you can sit up close with it and help people untangle what they're going through. It is a superpower for sure. And, and I think for you, we've had conversations in, in closed spaces about the healing journey is, is lifelong. And, um, and I think, you know, if you could speak to that and so that we can also make sure that our listeners know that we're not perfect and that we're not 
it's, it's not like there's a finish line to healing where suddenly you cross it and then you have a thriving, successful business, or you don't ever think about your past or you're not ever, um, triggered by something that happens. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So that is true. It doesn't just go away, unfortunately, no matter how much. And I think it does, it gets easier. I will say that it does. Um, the happier days become more than maybe some of the, you know, I had a lot of pain. I had a lot of depression, you know, when I was very much in the abuse. Um, I don't have that so much now, but it doesn't mean that I don't have to deal with other aspects of it, other feelings, you know. Um, I very much don't have any of my family in my life for that reason, because of how toxic they were. That is a decision I have to live with all the time. And even though that's not even my guilt and shame to, to shame to carry, I carry it. So uh, there will be days when I might, I have a, a business and I'm helping other people, but I might be crying up until I get onto that call. Luckily, I've always had the ability to be able to adapt I've always you know I think this is probably the thing of when you have a home life like that I was always expected to go to school and be normal and even though there was nothing normal about what was going on inside me or around me at all I always had to put this face on so I was actually probably the person that was so good at doing that and being there for everyone else and who cares what was going on for me so I guess I have that ability still to do that and obviously I care so much about other people that I can do that but it doesn't mean that I don't have all those feelings it doesn't mean that I don't have to work on those things it doesn't mean that emotions don't come as waves and that there aren't parts of the year I don't particularly love Christmas Christmas is not a good happy time for me it's a reminder of of things so those things happen but the difference is is that you can learn to you learn to move through them. You you know, you can learn to do that. There are ways to do that. And just even acknowledging those feelings is okay, accepting them. You know, I think for years, I probably didn't want to acknowledge these things. I didn't want to, I was just striving to be perfect. And actually I don't strive to be perfect now at all. I strive to be human <laughs> and human means every emotion. I don't fear being angry now. I used to fear being angry. I used to fear being selfish. I used to fear all these things, putting myself first. I used to fear it all because I had to be this perfect little person to please everyone else. And now it's actually, no, no, it's okay. It's safe to have all these emotions. And actually when you do, they move past, but you have to do that and you have to wear those hats regardless of work or business or family or whatever it is that you're doing. And, and it is a lifelong thing to do. But it's possible. Yes, it's possible. And, you know, your past should not dictate your present and your future. It should not, you know, hold you back from having what you want. You know, really, if I was a, a, a product of my, my past, I would be nothing. I, would, I wouldn't be who I am today. I wouldn't do anything that I do today. I wouldn't have the people in my life. I wouldn't have any of that. Um, my life would look very different. And so even though it's a driver, and yes, it's probably harder than some other people have, it's also a driver. So it's just how you see it and how you use it in that respect. And for me, pain has always been my, my driver. <laughs> Yay. My fuel. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's, uh, I love to say trauma can be a defining moment in our lives, but it doesn't define who we are. Yes. Yeah. I love that. I love that. 
Did that answer everything? <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah. I was going to say, do you want to transition? <laughs> yeah, I will. So I was just checking that we were fully felt good. Um, so yeah, so that is, you know, um, where I stand on a little bit about my story. I'm sure that that will come up more and it will be more in, in detail in some ways when we think of situations and things and how that, you know, plays out. I'm sure that we'll share some of those things when it's relevant. Um, but for now, we would love to just hear about you, Kerry, and your story. Yeah, so pretty similar, um, except for my story, I, I was not with my family for my upbringing. I went into the foster care system as a newborn baby and um, then was reunified with my birth father at two. My parents were not together. And my, my father struggled with addiction. There were other forms of abuse happening in the home. And I went back into the foster care system when I was four. Um, and if you are not familiar with foster care, if that's not a term you use um, where you're from, that's basically when a child is removed from their biological parents because their biological, biological parents have been found unfit um, or not fit to, to parent them for whatever reason, whether that be addiction, whether that be abuse, neglect, um, domestic violence, there's a number of reasons that happens. And, and there's a lot of that present for my parents. So I ended up being adopted when I was five. Um, but unfortunately I was adopted into a family where they also struggled with substance abuse. And there were other forms of abuse happening in the home and, Pretty quickly after my adoption, my parents divorced and, um, and we grew up then with my mom who struggled being a single parent. And it was just a lot of chaos and, uh, also experienced all of the, the bullet points on the trauma scale. Um, and for me, a lot of, of my pain and my trauma came from being in the foster care system and, being promised safety and, and not ever actually seeing that safety or experiencing that safety. And so that has really driven my passion and, and my professional work to reform the foster care system, but also to help people understand trauma because going through my own healing journey, I can now see and recognize how much trauma was present for my biological parents, for my adoptive parents, um, and how that impacted then, you know, the generations that came after them. And so when we heal from trauma, we're not only healing ourselves, we're healing our family and our family lineages, and we're healing our communities. And, and that's where you see systems shift is what I believe. I believe if, if we could just address these hurts and hangups that we all carry, that so much would be better off in the world. Yeah. And why do you think people struggle to address these things? I think there's a certain strength that it takes to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's scary. It's scary to share these really painful parts of yourself because one of our protection mechanisms is to blame ourselves for them. Mm -hmm. Right. We were children going through these horrible things Yet, even as little kids, we're so quick to be like, this is my fault. 
I'm bad. I'm the worst. If I could just be better for my mom and my dad, maybe they won't fight as much, or maybe my dad won't drink as much, or maybe they won't hit me. And, and that is, that is a survival mechanism that we'll unpack in future episodes. And so a lot of people then internalize so much shame and blame that they can't speak about the things that have happened to them. And it keeps, keeps them stuck. And, and the longer you stay stuck, it's like cement drying around your feet. Then the harder it is to sort of lift your feet out of that cement and walk forward. But the more that you talk about it, the more you start to process it, the more you start to let go of that pain and start to transform that pain into purpose, right? Finding the the silver lining in those experiences, then you start to chisel away at the cement around your feet and you can move forward and you can bring others with you. And so it's hard, but it's beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think the more you talk about it, the more you release it and the more you see that actually it wasn't normal and it wasn't you. And, you know, you can take away that little bit from your identity every time, that bit of shame, that bit of guilt, whatever it is, when you see that actually, no, it wasn't you. I think that helps massively. And one thing I will say is that I think you are, and I meant to say this before is, you know, you said, how did I, if my life, you know, should look different. And honestly, I honestly believe this is that my, the thing that I survived, why I survived is because I always had the ability to talk and articulate about what was going Mm. on. Never, ever, even from very young, even though I was blamed for doing that, I was shamed. I should never tell anyone what was going on. Of course, Mm. people, users do not want their abuse being told. Mm. Um, It's like, I always had this ability to be able to talk, 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 talk it out, probably probably maybe too much but I think it's what really honestly saved me from keeping those emotions in and sabotaging my whole life Mm. so I know that that was there for me and that's why it makes sense that what we're doing now is like being that you know voice for other people where it is really scary but the more you hear other people have experienced it too then you do feel seen and heard and again that melts it away as well yeah there there is so much power and um and shining light on those things. I think you're right. Like the, the, our our abusers and oppressors, they don't want us to speak about it. They don't want us to share our truth because the more that we stay small and we keep those things hidden, the, we shrink ourselves and we shrink our light. And, um, and I think there's a real shift happening right now, which is beautiful where, there are more safe spaces for people to be vulnerable and for people to process the hard things that have happened to them without judgment. And I'm, I'm grateful for our relationship because that's what has happened here is that we've been able to provide each other a safe space to talk about the things that we've been through, even though we're, we're farther along in our healing journeys and we've been working in, in this field, it's still powerful to be in relationship with people who um, you know, can, can understand what you've been through without you having to explain every detail of it. Yes. And actually that is incredible (laughs) to be understood is like, that's all you really want. And all our inner children probably really, you know, want is just to be seen and heard and and validated our pain, our pain to be validated. In fact, Mm -hmm. I feel like I really needed that my whole life. And I was always, you know, kind of 
you know people would say oh but it's your mom it's it's but you know no and actually people that can just be like no you know what that's not okay I think that is so powerful and if there's anything that I think we would hope to do on this podcast is just shine that light for you and and just let you know that we see you and we hear you and we understand and that it's not okay no matter how much people might be telling you yeah just accept it because I know I accepted so much my whole life it's not okay it's absolutely not okay and you shouldn't have to change you for other people Mm. you shouldn't have to play small for other people Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think it's about validating the feelings and the truth there right that the abuse the abandonment the betrayal whatever you've been through it was not okay it was painful it was not normal. It was all of those things. And it doesn't define who you are and it doesn't have to hold you captive. And it doesn't have to be this weight on your shoulders that you can experience freedom after trauma, that you can experience healing, that you can experience that lightness again, because it's it's when something hard and happens to us, it's true. It's so heavy on our spirits it's, it can really impact the way that we show up in the world, but it doesn't have to forever there. It is possible to let go, to heal, to forgive. And I think in in my own healing journey, it, it really did start with being heard. And then from being heard, I was able to really start to validate my own emotions and feelings. And then I was able to look at the bigger picture and understand and see the emotions of my abusers and how there's so many deep layers of pain and generational trauma at play that then now I look at the whole thing and I'm like, Oh my gosh, there's so much pain. There's so much trauma in our world as a whole. And Mm -hmm. until you have people who are willing to step out of that, that cycle and say, no more, I'm, I'm going to be a cycle breaker and and I'm going to talk about it so other people can experience that too, right? Yeah, and I think that's powerful. And you're right. We're at a point in this world now where I think more people are speaking up and it does help that we have social media platforms to be able to do that so easily and connect with people. And I think that breaks it, you know, it it brings it to the light. And I think for a long time, lots of people just hid behind the shame and abusers hide behind their shame the victims hide behind the shame because it's all just this buried feelings of shame and actually no victims should not feel shame and and abusers kind of need to to be held accountable so that they can change those things to themselves as well it's not necessarily about blaming anyone but you know aiding them or you know living with the with what the, the damage is and without um holding them accountable and and everything it's not helping it's not helping anyone either because they'll just continue to do these things at the same time Mm -hmm. yeah shame is one of the most potent emotions and and there is it's possible for people to um to be held accountable but it has to be done i think in a way that's like restorative like with, uh, and, and we'll have to get into this in, in some future episodes because it's so much to unpack. But I think about with the foster care system when a parent does something wrong, right? For instance, they're an addict and they leave their children unattended 
for hours because, you know, they're high or whatever, and they're out and about. They, when they get sober, they feel shame. They feel embarrassment. They feel so much pain. And a lot of times people are doing drugs because they have already been through a really big trauma and they're trying to cope and they're trying to numb that pain with drugs. And so they already feel existing trauma and pain. Then if they leave their kids and, and, you know, child protective services gets called, they, they come, they remove the kids, the parents, the moment they're sober, they feel such overwhelming amounts of shame that then it's Mm -hmm. so hard for them to climb out of that shame and, and really heal for their kids. It's not impossible and people do it, but it takes, it takes having a supportive community around them to say, you can heal and you can get sober and you need to, because you have little children who are depending on you to do this. But Mm -hmm. if people are constantly just like, you're the worst, why would you do this? You don't love your kids. And they're constantly just drilling them with more shame. That's really hard for someone to then stay sober or, you know, do the things that they need to do to, to be the best parent possible. And so I don't, my my heart is that if, if we all understood like the impact of trauma, the impact of shame, that then we can encourage people to heal in this sort of way. That's like, they can be accountable for their actions, but there's also, there's also like some compassion and grace for them, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I will say there is another flip to that coin and there are people that had that support and could have had that support and could have had everything. And, you know, a person has to really want to do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would say that is very much my story. Um, So I would say that definitely there are people like that. And unfortunately, I think one of the hardest things is because the you know with what you said I totally agree in terms of like that shame for the for the for the person that does that but also again that puts a whole lot of guilt onto that that victim of like oh I wasn't supportive enough I wasn't this and I wasn't that and it's not you're not saying that I know that no actually, especially not for kids like kids yeah. they don't understand that at all no but somebody maybe listening would you know we already take on that responsibility of ourselves and it might make us think oh no maybe if we were more supportive okay I'll be honest I was sitting here right now thinking oh but maybe I wasn't supportive enough and it was like no I was supportive and (laughs) I gave everything like and they had every opportunity they chose not to take I'm not talking about from the child's perspective I'm talking about from the public's perspective of how we're so quick as people to judge and shame others when it's like look in the mirror you're not mm-hmm. perfect. What, who are you to judge so harshly this other person or to shame this other person? Everyone is walking around with so much pain. Yes, some more than others, but no one is walking around in the world free of pain. And this therapist told me, she said there was this analogy where like, if we all imagined everyone had open wounds that they're walking around with and that sometimes the lightest brush of my open wound against your open wound can be so painful, then like maybe we would all be a little bit more gentle with each other. And that's my point here. My point is not to like say that, you know, victims should do more. I, I don't Mm -hmm. agree with that at all. And I'm, and I'm a victim and you're a victim. And I'm not saying that we need to feel guilty. I'm just saying that if we really want to promote healing for people, then like, let's 
let's focus on our healing and not be so focused on pointing fingers or shaming others, you know? That's interesting. So you feel that people shame other people? Yeah, I do. Especially in my line of work, being working in the child welfare system. I, I, like I said, I see this a lot with parents where, you know, parents make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes sometimes yet at a, in a flip of a switch, a parent can make one mistake, lose their kids and then constantly be shamed that like, you are the worst ever. You are this, you are that there. There's so much then stigma and stereotype around it. I, I, there's so much shaming that happens in the world. Kids in foster care were shamed all the time. There's look at the amount of Hollywood movies that portray kids in foster care as being bad, broken, drug addicts, serial killers. That's so shaming. The narratives that we push forward are so shaming. I I think, I think there is a lot of shaming that happens in the world that, that makes it hard for people to, to be able to heal and step out of their trauma. Yeah. And, and I think you know a lot of those people it's because they experienced childhood trauma not everyone but a lot of it is because it was stemming from the childhood trauma in the first place yeah that been addressed and they're running from that shame so it creates more shame and more more trauma and more problems for the generation to come and and you know they have kids and they think they can have the kids and and it will be fine and it's not fine because trauma comes up and trauma will be triggered constantly at every point in your life until you address it and every relationship and every job everything constantly until you address it so it doesn't go away and I think lots of people really don't fully realize I know that I see this a lot is that they don't realize the impacts of their childhood situations not even it doesn't even have to be like big trauma it could be like something small that happened that is literally the reason why you are how you are today and how you sharpen your relationships and how you're triggered and all of your self-esteem and all of these things honestly I feel like so many people do not realize how much that is stemming from your childhood yes everything retweet 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 everything you said that it, it really does all start in childhood and there's so much unawareness for people that they they can't even see how you know, they're showing up in their story, right? They're, they're stuck in this mode of it's everyone else's fault without reflecting like, oh, maybe I'm, I'm feeling this big emotion about this situation because of something that happened in my childhood. And how do I look back and release that so I can show up differently now? Yeah. And this is why we're here and why we have done this podcast, because we know we experience so much trauma as children. We are aware of our trauma. And we also have had the privilege of unpacking that in adult life and still unpack it to this day. Um, and how it shows up for us, our self-esteem, our relationship with other people and everything in every aspect. And so this is why we have started this podcast to be able to help you to see where those patterns from your adult life now are actually probably playing out from your childhood and and you know shine a light on those things um so we will definitely be talking about all of our kind of wisdom from our wounds and you know our lessons our mistakes are literally everything and all different kind of forms of trauma forms of situations and you know between us we have 
a lot to talk about. <laughs> so, yay, you've got a lot of episodes coming. Um, but, you know, the, we feel really strongly that these are the subjects that people don't talk about because it's, you know, too painful and too difficult too so we want to be those people for you so that you do feel seen and heard and it does provide that level of healing for you and you you know you know it helps you yeah yeah I love that that we're we're creating a space here for you to feel seen and heard and and for it to be this the safe space to explore all of these different things so I am really excited to be in community with you and to be in community with all of our listeners and um, so many good episodes to come. Yay, amazing. Um, well, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Um, please stay tuned um, and we will see you again in the next episode. Bye everyone. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow for more and connect with us on IG at Stitched Strong. See you next time.